Hey guys, it's Jeff Burrows, president of Expert Chemical and Supply. Welcome to another episode of the Masters of Clean podcast. Today we have on the show Dino Luliano, Chief Revenue Officer of Planned Companies. We're going to talk about why all cleaning companies should have a Chief Revenue Officer. Now let's do this. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Dino, thanks for being on. Hey Jeff, great to be here, thank you. So wanted to talk to you a little bit about your story and how you got into the cleaning industry. If you could share a little bit about how you came to the position where you're at right now. Absolutely, so uh, very proud to be a part of a company, Plan Companies, uh, headquartered in Parsippany, New Jersey. Our CEO, Rob Francis, is four generations uh, wow. in this business. His great-great-grandfather started the company, started as window cleaners, and then moved into what we know as uh, janitorial services today. Uh, so 122 years. So you could say our CEO wow. was, was, was born into the industry, right? And, uh, That's and, amazing. And continues to, to run a, a great business today. Uh, I, me, personally came into planned. Uh, 18 years ago, uh, my background's in law enforcement, a former Marine and, and a police officer and a bodyguard. And prim my primary purpose uh, when Rob and I, Rob Francis, who's our CEO, first started speaking is we thought it'd be great to bolt on, add on more ancillary products to just our, our janitorial services. And what was happening is a lot of the clients that we were doing janitorial work for, they were struggling with trying to find great companies like ours to do the other services, security, front desk, maintenance. These were areas they were struggling to find sure. companies to do it. So Rob's vision, his family vision was, was gosh, if, if we could do it, if we could bring in the experts that, that know these other ancillary businesses, imagine how we could thrive and, and continue to please our existing client base. I come in 18 years ago, we grow our security, we grow our lifestyle divisions. And I spent most of my time at planned in operations. Um, so for 14 of my 18 years, I was the executive vice president of operations for our lifestyle and our security division. Well, wow. a division of our CEO about four years ago, we wanted to grow the company, we wanted to take it to another level. I had a lot of experience doing sales. And now I had all this operation experience at planned understanding the products. We thought it would make more sense if my primary focus was growing the company and we had other folks in our organization who, who certainly knew how to operate. So four years ago, I took on this chief revenue officer yes. role, which I, I never had heard of it. But, but again, I, I think we, we created a role based on the need, not the other way around. And, and I think what was important about that is we knew to take it to a, a, the next level, we needed to focus. Uh, we needed to focus on growth. You know, growth mm -hmm. was happening at Planned for many years. We were very happy about growing, but we, we just thought if we spent more time focusing on it and, and having marketing and getting our name out there more, we knew it would have a huge effect on the company, and it has. We've grown uh, amazing over the last four years, more than we've ever done in the history of our company. And I think it's because of that focus. Talk a little bit about 
how many people to give the listeners an idea how large scale plan companies is and how many uh, cities and responsibilities you have. I appreciate that. Yeah. So plan companies has about 4,500 associates today. Very proud. And we range from the highest North on the East coast. Now I'm going to talk. So it's uh, Boston down to Florida where I sit luckily now, Jeff, as you can see here <laughs> yeah. in the background and, love, and on the West the coast, trees. yeah, <laughs> on the West coast, we are in the San Francisco Bay area. Uh, so, you know, great story there, 3000 miles away. We had an incredible client who loved our services on the East who couldn't quite find someone to do the same thing out there. Actually, it was a big enough opportunity for us to set up camp out there and mirror, you know, what, what we do in this market. So from Boston to Florida on the East, about 4,500 uh, and growing, you know, so uh, very happy to have, you know, those kind of those, that's the backbone of our company, you know, are the people that we hire and we love the culture. I think makes a lot of difference for why people and, want to be on the plant. And, and talk about kind of the marketing and operation side that you oversee, how you you know, grow and continue as a 4,500 person operation, how you continue to oversee and manage those. And, you know, I'm sure you have other uh, people that report to you. You How how does that function? And I'm sure you're doing a lot of traveling, that balance work life. Sure. Yeah, well, I planned, you know, fortunately, um, when the time came for me to take over this role, we, we had someone who's very versatile at operations and we appointed a chief operating officer. So a lot of my uh, obligations towards operations went, went to, went to him and, and Astrid Garana run, he's our chief operating officer. Uh, and it, and it's always going to be uh, a back and forth cause I'll never be out of operations. Sure. I, I'll always have something to say or some input or I still do trainings today. You know, I, if you go to our website, which I'll talk about later, but we, we have videos out there on active shooter, on civil unrest, and several other things that aren't necessarily a sales and growing person would do, right? So I, I definitely am very involved with the training still. Um, but I think the focus for me now, and what I would say to maybe a, a young company out there starting out, mm-hmm. when you're, you have to have some focus on growth, you know, so we're very fortunate. A lot of our growth through the years has been through word of mouth, but we found that we were able to capture a whole new audience and a, and a whole different level of people by re, by casting wider nets, whether it's through mm. social media or through mm. putting on webinars or, or through other marketing campaigns so that people could get to know who we are. And, and sometimes they're not even quite sure what we do. And, and one of the things I found out early on in my new role, so many of our clients didn't know we did the other services. Mm. So, you know, we would have a group of company uh, clients who thought we were a janitorial company only. Then we'd have a group of clients who thought we only did security. And even all these years later, Jeff, it's still trying to remind them. Yes. Hey, you know, I pass your front desk every day. I see it. We clean it. You love it. Why not, you know, the other opportunity? So it, it was educating the public about us, which I love doing, right? So it's, a, it's an yes. honor to be able to 
talk about the company that I had such a big part of for 18 years. Uh, it's a fun job. It's a rewarding job when, when people get it. Operations, it's as a lot of your viewers would know, it's not always rewarding, right? People only call right. you in operations when they got something negative happening or, you know, it's reaction to, to they rarely call it. I just want to say you're doing such a great job today. I thought I'd call. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> but in, in, in sales and, and in, in growth, it's immediately rewarding when you, when you win a new contract or you've engaged with somebody new or you got to tell somebody new about your company like I'm doing with you today, Jeff. So it's, it's an honor to do this. Oh, that's awesome. Now talk a little bit about um, why you should become an integrated service provider. There's a lot of just cleaning companies out there that maybe they haven't thought about getting into security or, or building maintenance and why, you know, tell if you could share the story about the gum wrapper on the floor with the security guard. And yeah. I, I thought that was such a unique story and why um, people might want to look at becoming more of a full service provider. Yeah, I think it's great. Thank you, Jeff. And, and you know, so I, I think we're, because we bring so many building services to a building and, and when we bring you our bundle of services, you know, so the advantage of having that is when everyone's rowing the same way. When, mm -hmm. when you have the security team who's the same company as the janitorial team, who's the same company as your building super, your maintenance team and, and, and your front desk, they care about the success of all the groups in your building. And to the wrapper thing, right? you know, in, in a building that maybe, and we, we'd seen this in buildings where we're not all together, if a security officer or front desk person saw a, the wrapper on the floor at a lobby and it's not his company, the attitude is typically, that's not my job. And, right. you know, you, you hear that. And I'm like, but it's, you're in this building, you should care. And sometimes it's actually they want to make the other company not look good. When it's all the same company, we all want to make each other look good. So that security guard's going to pick up that wrapper, toss right. it in the garbage. Or if he sees something that's unkempt or undone or the other way around, you know, we have janitors who will say, you're supposed to have a tie on right now. You're supposed to have your uniform on at the front desk. It's more eyes and more people looking out for each other and therefore the success of the building. Right. I, I, I think that <laughs> a, a lot of people or smaller janitorial companies are looking to grow. And obviously they might not have the funding for a chief revenue offer, but considering some of these other lines is an, a good or easy way to try and grow within that customer. You know, obviously you can grow within more offer more services to your existing customer or go after new business. And a lot of times it's easier to offer more services to your existing clientele. I think so too. And, and Jeff, you know, I, I think understanding and, and to those smaller uh, people you're talking to starting out again, I, I, this role became after the fact, right? So, so mm -hmm. after we already knew, you know, we had all those ancillary products in place already. We, we, we were already doing all of those services and we knew because we had gotten to a certain level that if we didn't do this, we'd be missing out. Uh, so again, the role, the title, not so important. Right? I, I've never cared about titles in, in my career. I always say to RC, I don't care what you call me. I, I just know what I think I can bring and, and what we as planned should be bringing to the table. And it's made a difference. So I would say to those companies, 
maybe you're not looking for a chief revenue officer at this point, but maybe you just need to focus more on sales and marketing and right. whatever you call it. But however, whoever in your organization is good at it, whoever in your, because I think that's what we identified is that, you know, we had someone who could do this. Uh, we didn't have to go shopping for that person. Right. So then the, the title just came with it because it just made sense. But I, I think that if I was talking to a smaller company looking to do, that's how we did it. You know, we knew when there was a need, we identified now's the time. <clears throat> and then we just put the uh, put the person to it. Let's talk a little bit about your background and, and coming from the Marines and having a competitive spirit and, you know, security background. How important was that to your success today? And what um, kind of tactics, strategies did you take away anything from the Marines that you apply to a daily basis, your job or? hundred percent. The Marines, I think, made a, a good portion of, of the man I am today. And, and my my leadership, I, I think every, I've never found a better group of leaders than the, the men who serve our country and, and the people who, uh, who were leading in the Marine Corps. Um, you know, what's interesting about the Marine Corps or the service and, and the way they teach leadership is you do the job before you get it, right? Mm. So they have a rank structure and you don't get to skip any ranks along the way, right? So a lot of your leadership is, is by doing. Mm. And I think that's how I conduct my leadership today. You know, I would never ask anybody to do something I wouldn't do who works for me. Mm. I would never try to teach somebody something that I didn't know. And I think that that's what leadership in the Marine Corps did. And then discipline, <laughs> you know, there's no more disciplined humans as far right. as I'm concerned in the world than, than the United States Marine. And it taught me how to be disciplined, to wake up with an agenda, to make sure I accomplish the mission, as we would say. Right in the Marine Corps and not let barriers get in the way. You know, I, I find we could sit here and talk about excuses of why not to do something all day long, right? We sure. Could, I didn't do that because of this or I love pushing down walls. You know, when somebody tells me I can't do something or it shouldn't, you know, it won't be able to be done. I, I love getting it done and, and showing uh, that, that we're able to push through that. So I think that's what the Marine discipline Discipline and leadership, I think, were the two traits that I use every single day in my current role. That's awesome. Yeah, I, th I think that um, to, to be a leader, obviously, you have to have different things. And, and part of growing up and maturity and, and leadership, I think you can see some of those skill sets. But love to find out, you know, with the next generation or for younger leaders out there, what, what sort of skill sets or things do you see and certain people where you can tell that they're going to be successful or, you know, have the ability to move up with the organization? I think desire, uh, you know, uh, you could tell when you're when you're speaking to some of the, uh, the new folks coming in, if they really want it, they ask more questions. They want to learn the, the, the business, you know, that thing behind just getting through this moment. So I, I right. feel when someone you know, Dino, it's great. I don't just want to know what tool to buy or what, why we do this thing. What's behind it? Like, so what's the company objective? What, what, is, what are we saying to a client when we put out this marketing piece? What are we saying to a prospect 
when we want them to know X. So it's, you know, for me, it's all selling, right? So I sell internally, externally, uh, everywhere to, to get people to selling is understanding. And in the internal salesperson, our, our next generation, you're talking about, if I can show them and sell them planned, then they're going to mm. want to be the next generation of plant. And I think that that's, that's mm. when I see somebody with that spark. And then you could also see the ones that are just like, this is what I'm doing today. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, going through I have to do it. Right. Yep, yeah. Going through the motions. What time is lunch? You know, when do yeah. we get out of here? So that I think is, a, it, I'm, I'm a pretty good reader of people that way. And I think it's part of leadership too. When you could tell, what you're working with and we got to kind of as leaders be chameleons, right? So if, if right. the person I'm working with mm -hmm. right now is mm -hmm. not, doesn't like to speak or, you know, you, you have to work to their level. And I think, you know, they don't have to come up to meet you or sideways right. to meet you. You, you got to right. go and lead at, at the level they're at and try to take them to another level. I, I like that because obviously I think, you know, younger generations or people, everyone responds different. So when you come to their level, they don't feel like you're talking down to them. You know, yeah, you're right. working together as a team. So <coughs> that's I, important. I, I, I really like that. Yes. They're already intimidated, right? So we, we have all these fancy titles and, uh, you know, uh, no different when I was in the Marines and, and the general walked in the room, right? There's already that right. intimidation yes. just by the title that you hold. If you add more of that intimidation by speaking over them or, you know, it just becomes a very uncomfortable place. Yes. Talk. Let's talk a little bit about COVID-19, the culture um, and how you guys reacted. Did you guys set up a fund? Uh, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, the, the people and what planned is about and how they kind of responded to that situation. Yeah. So, you know, COVID took, took us all by shock. I mean, I think the sure. whole country and, you know, we reacted quickly, you know, from a, from a sales and marketing perspective, we, we started doing weekly webinars, um, webinars okay. to help educate our client base and prospects. Uh, everyone was invited. Everyone was allowed to come out. And we didn't just talk about what we could do for them. We brought other vendor people, um, mm -hmm. friends, of the industry to talk about what they did. So we had landscapers, we had lawyers, there was a lot of legal things going on. We wow. had pool experts. So it wasn't just, hey, this is what Planned can do for you. We brought together great, the best in class companies great. to put on these weekly webinars and people were loving it. And and for our associates, you know, we, we had to make sure that they were comfortable. You know, they, they these were people that had to get up and, and go to work every day. So we had to provide the right PPE. We did right. set up funds for people who were having uh, issues at home, you know, people who maybe had to be out of work or had to quarantine for a while. We made sure they were all taken care of, special trainings with our staff to make sure they understood all the COVID uh, things that we were learning from the CDC, what they needed to be prepared of, how they needed to make our clients feel when they were at their properties, wow. whole bunch of training. And then of course, Electrostatic spraying was huge and yes. all that. But, you know, we were very fortunate. We didn't have to do, we didn't have to lose associates. Uh, That's great. You know, we had a, we moved some folks around. We, you know, we, we did what we had to do, but we weren't 
one of those companies that had to call people and say, hey, you know, sorry, we'll let you know what happens after COVID. No, we, we were necessary during COVID. We, you know, we were uh, an elite force that, that had to go to work and people needed in their buildings. Uh, you know, our commercial end, you know, the commercial buildings that we service maybe took a little bit of a hit, but we were growing in so many other areas that we just relocated folks and, and shifted them. So very proud of that. You know, there was That's nothing great. more important to our executive team when this all happened than to make sure that we took care of our people. And, and I think we did that. And, and talk a little bit about communication and how, you know, how do you message or, you know, deal with so many clients, so many sites, personnel, you know, I, I know communication's key. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you know, how you have those conversations, either with new customers or existing and. Yeah, Jeff, great question. So two step there, right? So internal communications I'll start with, because I think it, it's it's cru- crucial to any business's success is communicating with your, your own staff. Your own people mm-hmm. have to hear from their company. That's where the pride comes from, right? That's where the culture of an organization comes from. If you hire me, put me out in some island somewhere and never talk to me again, you lose that culture. You right. lose the sense of, of, of being part of a company. We knew that. So a lot of our uh, associates, our, our employees, don't have even you know modern cell phones. They don't have smartphones. Some of them don't have computers, but they might have old style cell phones. So we, through our own technology, we have a whole technology division at Plan. We created a communication platform for us to be able to communicate with our team. Um, so we're able to send text message. We find that most people will communicate, especially this younger generation. Yes. Will communicate or want to communicate via text. They may not always pay attention to an app or they may not want to download something to their phones or go on their computer. But so we have a planned communication platform where we could text our associates, whether it's their birthday, Merry Christmas. Um, welcome to your new job. Happy to have you here at Plan. Hey, it's been 90 days with the company. Will you fill out a quick survey on how we're doing? Wow. Hey, um, you know, we have an open shift this Saturday at three o'clock. You've uh, signed up to want more hours. Here's a communication. And for them, the platform allows them to communicate back and it allows them to find things out that employees want. An example. A lot of folks would call because they're on direct deposit or what have you. They just want to see their, their paycheck stop. Through this text message program, they can hit P for paycheck and they'll automatically get a copy of their, their last stop. Wow. They can see That's their W-2. So it's done two things for plan, right? So it, it, the most important part was it allowed us, uh, our associates, to get what they need quickly and at their fingertips, but it also freed up some some of the calls that were coming into our, our HR department, right? So right. our HR would field all these calls. They wanted to see their, their pay stub or this or that, stuff that was readily accessible if they just logged in, but they wouldn't do that or necessarily have the need the, the means to do it. We just put it out there on a text for them now. So uh, it's wow. pretty interesting. So that's the internal, that's cool. very important. I start there because I think that's probably the most important. Yes. External communication requires, uh, you gotta be a little creative. 
in your marketing, right? So right. what what's going to catch someone's eye? What's going to make them, you know, when we got together, when we connected, what what does someone have to say? And and being in my role, I I get so many sales things in my inbox. Mm-hmm. So I always look at sales from a consumer side. So not only am I selling, I buy. So right. I look at what do I not like? What what works for me? And you'll be when you're an average Joe like I am, that's <laughs> those are the people, those are the average Joes who yeah. I'm trying to attract, right? So right. if I'm trying to attract then you know, maybe they're thinking like me. Maybe they're yeah. like, don't send me a 20-page email to read and right. say, at the bottom, contact me for this service. Because you get, I get these in the mailbox all the time. I'm like, I got to read 15 pages to find out that you clean gutter. <laughs> right. like, so you, know, you have, yeah. you have a, a two-second window in sales to either capture somebody's attention, let them see something. A lot of times it's visual. And right. then, then they'll start reading maybe what you're about if you captured the two second thing. Then it has to be a need or you have to create the need for them. So nobody thinks they need a Rolls Royce, but they sell, right? Right, And they sell for a very high price. So Rolls Royce has to create that need or that image that people, a car is a car, some people might say. Why do you need a Rolls Royce? So you have to create that need in sales. And then you gotta be out there, Jeff, you know, so much and you know, pre-pandemic and, and hopefully soon again, it was where's Waldo when it came to Dino. I, I would be, <laughs> you know, I, I'd have clients call me because you know we would snap photos, put them online. Oh, we're in Miami today. We're in Georgia tomorrow. And it's not to brag to people about where you were, but that local audience in Georgia, that local audience in Miami is like, oh wow, they were here. You know, yeah. or I saw them at that show and it gives them an opportunity to engage and, and talk about them. And it reminds them that we service that area, right? Because going back to our previous conversation, sometimes you just got to remind people, hey, by the way, service people, we're in Florida, yes. you know, call me, you know, things like that. Yes. That's awesome. Talk a little bit about um, terms of the, the cleaning side what was it like during COVID and trying to, you know, sell new products? Were you guys out there pushing or was it a lot of, hey, you know, such changing so quickly, we're, we're trying to stay on top of things? So from a product perspective, so, you know, we are the, the service company. So right. our, our primary focus was good customer service, making sure that, that we were meeting the needs of our clients. When it came to products during COVID, you know, we had to familiarize ourselves with with other mm. things that are out there. You know, mm. not that we didn't electrostatic spraying was was known by us. We used it when, right. but it wasn't like a everyday thing. Right. So we had to familiarize ourselves with with new products, and you know, fortunately for us, I mentioned we worked with a lot of other vendors mm-hmm. from from pool suppliers who had to use certain chemicals. In their for their pools for the outside of their pools to make sure they were accessible to you know we're, we're partnered up with people who do gyms so mm-hmm. we talked to them about the chemicals that they had to use so that people can oh, use that's interesting their gyms uh during this time so i think it was just vendors helping vendors for one yep and then our current suppliers saying hey here's here's what's out there in case you don't know 
<clears throat> and then in some cases, even our clients educated us on things oh, that wow. were out there. So it's a true partnership. I, you know, I think, you know, it speaks a lot to the culture again of plan that our clients cared about us as much as we cared about them. That's and, great. you know, they would they would reach out uh, to us and say, you know, hey, is there anything you guys need from us? You know, how can we make sure your people are safe? Some of them, you know, front desk scenarios, they would put up plexiglass just to give you an example between sure. residents and our front desk staff. They were they were as uh, into keeping our people safe as, as we are. And it's because of the family culture that we have, mm-hmm. not only with our associates, but with our clients. And I think that because of that, they want us to succeed. And because of that, we have these amazing relationships that when we do move to other markets, they want to take us with them. So it's a partnership. You know, it's one of the first things I say to people in sales about when I'm in front of a a new prospect. It's not just I'm coming in, I'm talking to you today and you're never going to see me again. I've been here 18 years. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I'm going to make sure that everything we talk about today happens and then you'll be able to hold me accountable if it doesn't. That's great. What would you say the hardest part of your job is? The hardest part of my job is, you know, in sales specifically, um, being held to um, the numbers don't lie in sales. Mm. In, in probably a lot of other jobs or roles or positions I've had, not just at plan in other places, there could have been uh, a cause that caused an effect, right? Because of the pandemic, not able to do this. Because of this, not able to do that. In sales and where the Marine and me has to come out, no matter what, we got to make numbers happen and Mm. the company is relying on us and maybe more than any other role you know you're never going to be 100 you're never going to keep 100 percent of your business you know anybody that can do that you'd be a miracle right so there's there's going to be turnover but the top line has to keep coming in to support every other portion of your business so Mm -hmm. if you don't bring top line in and you lose five percent three percent a year you're just you're company is going to get smaller and smaller every right. year. And as you get bigger and bigger, you need to add on more people to be able to run this machine. You need to add new mm. departments and you need to spend more money and all those things. So your top line has to grow even more considerable to do that. So sales in general is, is a tough thing to do. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier, it's the most rewarding. So I wear that pressure like a badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it, it might be yeah. the uh, the Marine and me and people, pandemic, who cares? This, the who cares? I, you know, we still have a mission. It's convincing as a leader, the people around you, your team, to have that same motivation when they turn on the TV and this city's closed down and that city's closed down and we can't go to shows anymore. How, how, how are we going to get in front of people? Well, we got to get creative, right? We got to do things. It's easy to sit back and say we can't do it. It's harder right. to say, we're going to do it in a different way and then create that way and then show them how to do it and then show the success of it. That's leading by example, not just saying, I know you guys could do this. Go figure it out. Good luck. Take it by the hand. Take it from the beginning. Show them a virtual meeting with a prospect. Show them 
what you were able to accomplish, closing that deal, and then saying, that's how it's done. Now you do it. That That's amazing. Love for you to touch on embracing social media, LinkedIn, how, you know, how that's powerful, how that sort of maybe help grow your business. Why should more people, you know, get more involved or show, show videos? Do you think it proves credibility? Can you talk a little bit about kind of your experience on video and uh, yeah. social media? Absolutely. So I grew up in an area in an era that there was no such thing as social media, <laughs> right? So I go back, like I said earlier, I go back to, I have to apply what I'm doing to something I understand. And I've taken some courses with some influencers that I think helped me dramatically understand social media better. But the best way I would describe social media is when I was a kid, we had that big box that we ran home to every day. It was called the television. Yes. And that's where I learned, you know, you have to go through all these commercials, whether you like it or not, right? So right. To, to keep watching whatever show you're watching, you, every 10 minutes or so, it scrolled through these commercials. And everything I saw, I wanted to buy, right? And I noticed right. during these commercials, so if I'm watching as a kid cartoons, they would show toys during right. the commercials. So it didn't take a genius to see that they knew who their audience was and they had a product that that audience would want to buy because of what you're watching. Right. So that was my era. Fast forward to consumers now, their TV is social media. So you mm. got to know who you're talking to and what you want them to see that'll make them like the kid in me. I wanted to eat Cocoa Puffs because the Flintstone <laughs> commercial was just on. I wanted to get that car, that spinny car thing because it was, I just saw it. I drove my mother crazy, right? So everything I, <laughs> everything I saw, I had to have. So yep. I'm not saying that that can happen on social media, but if I'm not on social media, it, then I don't have a commercial and nobody will know we have this product today because there's more buying, more engagement happening on social media, then you got to measure that, right? And, and I think it's important to know that there should be a company image and an individual image on Ooh. social media. I think I that's agree. important. What do you want your company to stand for? Because I, I think it's two different things. It's two different messages, right? So people are going to have their own social media brand and that could be whatever they want. And hopefully it jives with the company brand. Hopefully there's a synergy, there should be, but I can't mm -hmm. control 4,500 people who wanna post that they were at a wedding this weekend, <laughs> right? So that yes. obviously has nothing to do with the company's brand. The company's brand has to be on, on message and, and hopefully you have some people who feed into that brand um, and, it, and it has to be monitored. So I think me personally, I think there's, there's my brand, uh, mm -hmm the Dino brand. And I, I like to talk to it like a realtor would, right? Like why does a realtor put their face on the sign in front of a house? Because they want oh. to associate that face with that realtor, right? With that what they do. So I think I like to talk about leadership. I like to talk about development, which is very exciting having this conversation with you about that could be the Dino brand, but plan companies doesn't sell leadership and we don't sell mm training you know we do it it's important but that's yes. not the plan message i want to get out there 
So that separation, it it helps the company, but it's not the company. So I think that's how I see social media today. So you can't please everybody, Jeff. I know you know this. You're going to put some pieces out. There's always a critic. You know, I think I've never seen more Monday morning quarterbacking (laughs) than I I have on social media, right? So. 20 yeah. people will be like, oh, my God, that video was amazing. Five, even this today, right? There'll be critics, right. as you know, right? Yes. 10 yes. people will say, why'd you do that? What's with the palm tree? Why yeah. were you outside? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. We're never going to please everybody. Right. Right? At the end of the day, right. you try to mix it up and you try to please a lot of people a lot of time, right. but always being professional. I think the image, right. no matter what you do, your professionalism is with you forever. You know, that's where that leadership, that's where, you know, that discipline that I talked about in the Marines has to, you're always on, you're Mm -hmm. always on stage. You can't take back and say, well, I wasn't the CRO of planned when I knocked over that table and that lamp. (laughs) Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were, (laughs) you know, or I wasn't a Marine that day. I I took a day off from, you're always that. So that professionalism has to stick with you. And how about in terms of, conversations with the executive team do you guys do a lot of uh, long-term growth strategies obviously it could be different for how your conversations go versus you know dealing with the rest of your staff do you guys talk more at a high level and where you and robert and the rest of the team see the company going 100 percent. we meet monthly at least uh that's a minimum and i think that's important you have that set day and time as leaders mm. we're focusing on our individual areas you know which is smart to do we kind of go out bring information back into the other leaders of, of what we're doing but we all have a mission we all have a role in the company so having that set time where we all get together and talk about either creative ideas struggles Things that we see, we just had ours yesterday, which is why this is so fresh on our mind. We, <laughs> we have a, a monthly executive leadership team meeting. And so it's, you know, everyone has their place at the table. It's virtual now. But we all talk about, hey, here's what's happening. And, and then we ask each other for help. And, and it's great. You know, I'm glad you brought this up, Jeff, because for many years, we had planned, there were three, three people consisted of the leadership team. It was Astrid Garano, who's our COO today. Rob, who's our CEO, and myself. And that was the whole team. And we were divided up differently. It was by company. So Astrid had the janitorial maintenance division. I had security and lifestyle. And then Rob as the CEO, of course, covered it all. We didn't focus on functions. We focused on companies. Four years ago, when I switched roles, it was our CRO, our CEO, rather, who said, you know, Let's focus on what our strengths are. And mm. it works. And you know, when you when you wake up every day to do what your strength is versus I'm gonna do everything for this vertical. I'm gonna sell for it, I'm gonna support for it, I'm gonna do the payroll. I mean, we realized yeah. we we had to find other folks, which we have, chief revenue officer, someone who's an HR professional. IT mm-hmm. professional sits at the table. You know, if, if just the three of us kept doing what we were doing, trying to grow this brand, we would have been missing out on so many other people's expertise to be able to take this to another level. 
But first we had to get real with what each other's expertises were. Right? <laughs> that was that's a tough come yeah. to Jesus, Jeff. When yeah. you know, when, you know, when you are doing everything for a brand and and now you're being asked to just do this one thing, it's tough. That's a tough transition. But once you make it, you see why, you see how successful and how smart it was, then you love it even more. Uh, and you can always go back and help with the other stuff, right? No one's going to say, oh, no, right. don't help. Everyone's ready for extra help if you want to do that uh, for sure. So whether getting back to your uh, team of 10 or a team of 5,000, you know, that that team getting executive, getting even your top couple people together, that communication on a consistent basis, what you're saying see, seems like, it'll make companies more successful when they talk growth and strategy as a team and, you know, meet together. Cause I think a lot of smaller to medium sized companies don't spend enough time on growth, marketing, um, team building, looking at long-term future growth. They're so concerned about the day to day. They're in the weeds and dealing with the fires that they're not as much focused on the big picture. Yeah, Jeff, and you know what we found with companies like that who don't think big pictures, they don't stick around very long mm. because at the end of the day, and we say our product is our people. You know, I don't make a widget. You know, it, it would right. be so much easier if the widget's broke, you just replace it. <laughs> if our product, our people is broke, there goes our reputation, there goes anything I could do on social media, anything I can talk about won't matter. Because if the end of the day, the experience with our people don't match what I'm talking about, right. it, it, it's all a bust. So, yeah, we do a lot of culture things and bringing people together, we quarterly town halls where our CEO or every department head actually talks to anybody who wants to join. We do it on phone, virtually. We used to do them in person. Hopefully right. we'll get back to that again, yes. you know, in a few weeks. We're going to have a little get together now. You know, I'm going to fly up to Jersey with the people who are close to our headquarters. We're going to do a little happy hour thing outdoors, you know, so as yes. many are comfortable. But you got to do that. You know, you, you got to keep people engaged. And I use, again, myself, right? So when I joined the Marines, it wasn't because I thought I was going to get rich. There was a culture that I wanted to be a part of. There was a purpose. Mm. There was something bigger than me and way bigger than a paycheck that made me want to join the Marine Corps. And I think that there's a bunch of folks, and we capture a lot of them, that are feeling the same way about being a part of something. Now, of course, you want to get paid and you want to evolve and move up the ladder and all that. Mm -hmm. But I think when people start here and when they're on the ground levels and what they feel is that they're, some, they're part of something big and they feel like they make a difference. And yeah. I relate it back to the best way I can relate it back to is my Marine days. You know, no one said, hey, join the Marines and you'll be rich. You know, join, <laughs> right. You know, it's and no one said it's going to be easy. It's going to it's an easy job. You know, so people ask why, you know, what type of person does it take to even want to join the Marines? Like, why would somebody want to yeah. do that? You, you, know, you yeah. could have went and worked at a restaurant or, you know, whatever, been a lifeguard. No, I, I wanted to be a Marine. And I think that that's, that's the culture, that's the type of people we have and we're lucky to have here. That's amazing. Well, could you let the audience know if you want people to reach out to you, how they can get in touch with you? I would love for people to reach out to me and, and my awesome. team. Uh, the best way to do it, uh, go to our website, uh, www. Okay 
www.plannedcompanies.com. You'll see uh, under our leadership team, you'll see myself, you'll see our CEO, um, all of the people I lead in our sales team, there's a sales button. So depending on where you're trying to find us, what part of the country, obviously I, I handle all of it, but then in my groups, we separate it by regions and territories. You'll find that there. You also will find a ton of resources. <clears throat> you know, we videotaped all of our webinars, all of those oh, great. weekly town halls I talked about, Jeff, we saved them all on our, we have a COVID page on our website. People can go back and watch those for information. Um, and in my webinars, I, I did an active shooter presentation that I'm very proud of um, with another police officer. We did a civil unrest with the chief of police in New Jersey, myself and I. All, all relevant topics, they're all recorded. Sure. They're all out there. So not just to find me or plan, but yes. information. Yes. I think, again, a wealth of information yes. you can find. Awesome. Well, again, Dino, I appreciate you coming on the show. I love speaking with you. And uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts and more information about planned companies. So again, check Dino out and plan companies and look forward to our conversations again in the future. Thanks again. Thanks, Jeff. And thank you for what you're doing in the industry. Appreciate it. Of course. Thanks. Thanks.